Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me is Lauren Witzke, a political activist who you may remember was the Republican nominee in the 2020 Senate election in Delaware, which she lost. Well, that's also questionable to Democrat Chris Coons. Glad to finally get you on. Yeah, Lana, I mean, the nursing homes turned out 300 percent to vote for Chris Coons. So it's just uh, (laughs) we'll never know what really happened out in Delaware, but we had a good run and we certainly gave them hell. That's for sure. They play dirty. Yes, they do. (laughs) So you were recently just in my state of Idaho. You were in Boise uh, for an event. Now I'm eight hours north. Otherwise, I would have met you for lunch. People don't realize like Idaho is really long. It's like it's very long, like California. So I thought that everything would be within a two hour radius of itself. (laughs) Like where I was was like, it's not that big. It's Idaho. But yeah, Delaware, because it's like you can drive through that in what, like two hours or something? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So how did it go in Boise, uh, this event and also what did you think of Idaho? Okay, so I had been out to Idaho one time before. My brother graduated from Concordia Law out there, actually. So I had the opportunity to come out before, but I was able last week to come out to uh, rally the vote with your lieutenant governor, uh, Janice McGeehan. And she also now is running for governor. Um, it's a beautiful state, beautiful people. I believe you actually have like, uh, it's like 99 Point four percent white, I believe. Uh, people, it was very, it was very, very white racist place to be. It's very, it's practically <laughs> it the was, Aryan nation. It was very say. orderly society. Um, you know, but it was good. We got uh, if it's Trump country too, that's for sure. A very yeah. conservative state, um, to a degree, actually. You know, we had some issues with uh, liberals kicking us out of the hotel where we were recording because you know they had their masks on and they came up yelling at us. There was a few of those. Um, a few liberal Uber drivers, they are there. Um, but, you know, and I don't know where they're coming from, if they're coming from California or Portland or whatever. But, you know, overall, it was majority uh, conservative, very welcoming state. It was, uh, it's beautiful. The mountains and everything that you have going on out there is absolutely beautiful. And I, I believe Idaho is certainly a place worth fighting for, for sure, and keeping red um, and keeping uh, this liberal agenda out of the precious state of Idaho. And I like McGeehan. She seems like she's okay. I think she, uh, she's better than little. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. One thing, one thing I did notice is that you have a, uh, an establishment problem, I believe. Um, I don't know if it's like, I call it corporate Republicanism. Oh yeah. That's, that's what that's, I call it. That's the battle in Idaho. You have like the, the true patriot nationalist, uh, minded people versus these, uh, neocon kind of conservative, exactly establishment Republicans. And they're always fighting each other. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these, uh, mainstream conservatives are just useless up here. I mean, they're basically liberals. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, like they're like lower taxes, but they really don't fight for anything else. No. Nothing like securing your society or keeping it orderly or keeping it um, conservative in any way, in any social way. And I personally believe, you know, social issues matter most. Um, You know, I don't really, I'd be willing to pay a little more for my taxes if I didn't have to worry about sending my kids to public school and them being transitioned into the opposite sex. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just, it's a, it's interesting state. But one thing we had talked about before I logged on here is like, going to these red states, I'm a refugee in Florida now, I fled Delaware, but people that were born and raised in these red states don't understand how good they have it. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't understand what the fight is like in these deep blue states or in these Democrat ran areas. Um, It's, it's, it's degenerate. We're like losing our society. Most of my friends are dead uh, due to drug overdoses uh, in the state of Delaware. I mean, this is the reality of it. It's overloaded with uh, illegal aliens. We have a little, uh, 
I guess, communities that have built within our state where people don't even bother to assimilate, um, you know, and I'm sure that Idaho is the next target. I know that Mark Zuckerberg has uh, set up a, uh, he's established a, a corporation there. Like they moved Facebook and Meta, I guess it's called now, uh, to Idaho, you know, and that comes with H-1B visa workers, cheap foreign labor that's going to come there to Idaho, um, you know, and I don't think the people of Idaho quite recognize what's at stake and what's probably going to happen to their state if they don't stand up and fight. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny how they choose these places that are these nice, safe areas that happen to be really conservative. Right. And uh, all these people that they claim are like enemies and we have to do something about them. But then that's where they want to put their, you know, their new warehouses and stuff. Uh, Amazon also did that here just across the border. Uh, I'm from Bend, Oregon. Originally, Facebook put a huge warehouse or whatever, one of their big facilities there in Prineville as well. And then it was boom, this influx of these Antifa's on the streets and everywhere. It was crazy. So yes, you're living in Florida now. And I want to ask, what does it feel like to be uh, surrounded mostly by conservative people, like-minded people in Florida? What does it feel like? Because I know for me, it felt great coming to Idaho and having Right. So I mean, it's mostly a retirement uh, region. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like an open air nursing home, but we're trying to lively it up a bit. I respect a lot of what uh, Idaho activists are doing out there, you know, where you're uh, fighting on the local level to take over school boards, committees, Republican committees, essentially taking over the Republican Party. We're going to try and do the same thing here. We're going to try and mimic uh, your platform, like your plan for that. Um, I talked to some of your people, actually, that did come to the rally and uh, got some tips and some ways that we could really start that fight there. Uh, Florida is growing. A lot of people flood here. And it's funny how liberals do flee their their own destruction to come and bring it somewhere else. Oh, yeah. You know, Mark Zuckerberg, of course, wants to uh, set up shop in one of the best uh, states, safest states in the country. Um, you know, that comes as no surprise to anybody, you know, but that also comes with corporate liberal values, too. Um, and, you know, they bring those values. They vote their values every single time. Until they, you know, and they actually, you know, are starting to reproduce uh, quicker than we are as well, you know, with conservatism, uh, with conservative families and stuff like that. Our birth rates are the lowest they've ever been. And we're watching as we like, you know, the great replacement that they say is a conspiracy theory. It's it's not a conspiracy theory. You know, these corporations bring in uh, these uh, foreign migrants who will work for way longer, for way less. And then they just outbreed us and that's the way it goes. And then they move on to the next state and destroy that state and then the next one and so on and so forth. And we watch that uh, repeatedly happen over and over. And, you know, it's something that we have to stand up against and fight. That's right. You have to. I mean, like I noticed in northern Idaho, there are people having lots of kids. Like I go to the park yeah. and I will see four or five kids on average. I have friends with six and seven and not everyone is religious people. They're just people that just want to have lots of kids, you know, which is great because I think the question is always, how do you keep it red? Well, first we have to uh, procreate. <laughs> yeah. Then we have to take over the local politics and then we have to be vigilant to to hold it down because it's there's always these forces that are trying to come in and destroy us. Right. It's, it's always happening. And and even if we're having lots of children, the w- one thing that works against us is immigration, right? They can bring in uh, large groups of people that from the third world, which we can't keep up with. I mean, all of us can have 10 kids, but we can't keep up with the entire third world importing into, you know, like Florida and Idaho and all that. So that's always the thing. How do we keep it red? And I think that we are kind of on that mission. We're starting some of that groundwork. I know a lot of people, a lot of liberals are looking at Idaho now and like, oh, I don't want to 
go there. There's all these conservatives and these horrible racists and all that. And just, just, yeah, let's let them think that it's just this horrible place. <laughs> You're exactly right. Here. You need to stay far away. <laughs> You're not going to fit in. And you know what? Give them dirty looks when you do see them. You know, people in Idaho do give dirty looks to people and they see like liberal bumper stickers or they're wearing masks or something. It's like it's time that they start feeling a little uncomfortable in the social pressure in the in the areas that we live because they have the whole rest of the country. Right. Yes. Like if you, there are I, plenty of places <laughs> that you can go and be a degenerate person yeah. and, you know, have your drag queen story hour. <laughs> it's just not here. Yeah. And you know what? We're going to ban it. Yes, absolutely. We're not going to allow you to do it. So you need to stay far away. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I saw that Vincent James, I'm not sure if you know who he is. Yeah, oh yeah. He lives down the street from me. So <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So he started doing this thing where they started bullying, uh, you know, liberals when they see him wearing a mask or with a black lives matter, uh, sign in front of their yard or pride flag in their, you know, on their porch, you know, they start bore, like bullying them to make them as uncomfortable as possible to be in a red state. You know, I fully support that. I think that, you know, uh, we've, we've allowed them to get too comfortable. And when you give them an inch, they take the whole thing. We've seen that firsthand, you know, and they ex- accelerated fast. Uh, they were so quick. They didn't hold back. And, you know, that is something that when you have a majority and you are in charge, you need to do the same thing. You need to return the favor because they won't give you uh, so much grace like they we have given them. And, you know, I I, I like that stance. I uh, I follow his Telegram page, actually, and I, I love those uh, videos. They happen to be my favorite uh, where he bullies the liberals out of Idaho. <laughs> Feels good. Yeah, it needs to be done. Another <laughs> thing that we have in common, both you and I were banned by uh, Wells Fargo Bank, by the way. I was, I mean, several years ago when that happened, we interviewed the wrong person or something. And then uh, pretty sure that ADL had something to do with it because we were on all their hit lists and, you know, they're tied in with a lot of people and these boards and banks and things. But it happened to you as well. So did they give you time to take your money out? And did you also find that you were on any other lists after that? Like we were put on a reputational risk list after that. So like the big banks, forget about it. Payment processing, it completely blacklisted us from, you, you realize what a small cabal the banking industry really is. Like you learn real quick, you know. Um, did you feel did you feel any other ramifications after being banned by Wells Fargo? Yeah, it absolutely is a cabal for sure. You know, there is no worse feeling. Actually, that was probably one of the scariest days of my life when I, I was actually out of state. Um, I was in like I was like 20 hours from home and I only had one bank card. I, I, I didn't, I didn't have that much money. So I just, you know, had my debit card, which is lo- attached to Wells Fargo and they had shut it down. No warning, no nothing. Um, so they had left me with nothing when I was 20 hours from home. And I, I realized something. I was like, wow, we've gotten to a point now where the words you say uh, can get you your they can take your money. You know, they took my money. Uh, It was sent to uh, loss prevention, took me weeks to get it back. My mom had to like find a local Walmart to wire me some money uh, because I was like stranded out in the middle of nowhere, 20 hours from home. And and they can just do that. You know, they have the authority. Now we have given uh, people like this, the authority, this cabal per se, uh, to just pick and choose who deserves to have a bank account. You know, after that, I found out I was on the domestic terrorist watch list with TSA. Um, you know, I had to be escorted by Bonquisha and Look out for those you know, sexually women. assaulted yeah. and, you know, yeah. all, you know, it, it, like swab for explosives. And they would like set it up where every time I get 
through the line, the three hour line, be escorted by Homeland Security. They labeled me a terrorist. This is the face of terrorism. Crazy. I used to joke around about this several years ago. That it was going to be like, oh, pretty white females that were going to be put on these uh, the terrorist lists, you know, yeah. housewives. And it's actually happening. It's just crazy. We joke around about things like memes and it comes true. It's just frightening. But this can't go on, I think, forever. I mean, we've been banned from all kinds of things, iced out from all kinds of things. And they continue to play dirty because they want to hold back, you know, the flood of truth. But they won't be able to. I think the truth finds unpredictable and new creative ways to get out but you know I take it as a compliment when these people individually single us out and treat us like that because it means we're on the target and they find us uh, intimidating enough we bother them enough and you know what you and I are still here right we're still here and we're still managing to do it it absolutely is and Lana you should take it as a compliment because the words you say are so powerful that it scares the crap out of them and that is something that you can take comfort in knowing they can take your bank account they can you know put you on lists they can try to intimidate you but they cannot stop you from speaking out. So, you know, the words you say are lethal. Um, Even in God's word, it talks about how, you know, power of life and death is in the tongue. Like the words you speak are so powerful that it terrifies a cabal of people that hate us and want us dead. Um, You know, they can't blatantly kill us. So they'll just try to make our lives miserable. And, you know, so you can take comfort in knowing that, you know, that you're over the target, that you're fighting evil. And the words you say are making impact or else they wouldn't bother with you. You know, they don't care. Uh, You know, Black Lives Matter. They burned, looted, rioted, killed people in the streets and nothing happened to them. It's because they're not a threat uh, to this evil that rules and reigns over the United States of America. But, you know, little old you with your blonde hair and, (laughs) you know, I I think you think you're a homeschool mom or, you know, it's just and you're labeled a threat to our society and that's a compliment for sure it's a motivator well one of the reasons that you decided to run for politics too is to address the link between the drug trade and immigration which are undoubtedly uh, connected but i remember when i first learned about you in 2020 libs were trying to discredit you because you used to be a drug addict right um and that's rich though considering how they're legalizing drugs and prostitution they're trying to normalize pedophilia they used to love a good redemption story, but not when it involves their uh, political enemies, right? But the truth is that the white working class is getting hit the hardest with opioids, uh, fentanyl. I know there was a heroin epidemic amongst like white, uh, upper class uh, white people, right? Uh, Middle class, uh, upper middle class white people. So give us a summary of how you worked for big pharma and then how that kind of spiraled from there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a huge part of my story and you're absolutely right. Um, you know, it, you know how the crack epidemic was designed to uh, target the inner cities. And the problem with crack is that it didn't kill people. You know, it just made them go crazy, uh, made them steal, loot, all that. It didn't actually kill people. Well, you know, actually, the Sackler family designed the opioid epidemic specifically to target the white working class. They targeted Rust Belt states. They overwhelmed with them with prescriptions of Oxycontin, Percocet, Uh, hydrocodone. And, you know, people were losing their jobs. They were losing their ability to feed their families. They're depressed. Uh, Here, let's take this pill. Uh, You know, then we have the opioid epidemic. They flood the southern border with heroin, um, which is a cheaper version. Now fentanyl, which is mass killing people instantaneously. Uh, But yes, it was specifically designed to target the white working class. Um, I worked for Big Pharma. I remember seeing the marketing for Oxycontin. They were marketing as a non-addictive. And then I was there long enough to watch as Suboxone uh, also, which is a pill to combat 
heroin and opioid addiction, but it's hits the same receptors. So it is legal morphine. I watched as friends went through uh, methadone clinics, which is also legal, legal heroin essentially is what it is. It hits all the same receptors. It's just government dispensed. Uh, you know, I worked for big pharma. I worked for forest pharmaceuticals. I sold pain medication. I sold fibromyalgia medication, I, which isn't real. Uh, fibromyalgia is not real, but uh, you know, there are no clinical studies. You cannot diagnose yeah. it, but you know, we still made tons of money off of selling the cure for it anyway. Uh, you know, and I really bought into that lie, I guess that there was a pill to fix anything. Um, you know, all my friends were doing it. Doctors were prescribing it. It was part of the lifestyle, the industry. And, you know, I started taking Percocet. Um, I started taking, you know, a Vicodin, you know, partying with my friends a lot. Um, you know, I never thought that something like that would happen to me, you know, like where I would be completely find myself in the throes of addiction. Um, I, my friend brought over heroin one day. Uh, and, you know, I, I remember using it the first time and telling myself, I am never going to be able to stop, you know, and it is the most addictive. Um, I was instantly hooked, instantly hooked. A matter of three months, I lost everything. I lost my apartment, my car, my job. Cause I was so sick one day I couldn't get up. I had this great job, company car, company credit card, but I was so addicted that one morning I woke up and I was so sick. Uh, cause I hadn't, you know, taken anything and get, get anything. I was withdrawing and I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to go to work anymore. And, you know, it was, it, it was just, you know, it's, it's a pit and you find yourself in it. And, um, you know, I went through rehab programs, the 28 day centers, I tried methadone, tried Suboxone, tried, you know, the six day detoxes, which are like an endless pit of state funded money uh, where they know over and over you end up right back there. They put you on antidepressants, anxiety, medicine, uh, all types of medications, more pills to try to fix you. But, uh, you know, nothing worked. Uh, so, you know, I'm probably struggled off and on with addiction for about uh, eight years. You know, I get clean for a year find myself, you know, I pick it up again. And, um, it was just an endless cycle and, you know, I, I'm grateful to be alive. Um, you know, I had to go through a, I've actually put myself in a year long program in Virginia it was in Shenandoah Valley. It's called teen challenge. Uh, it's a faith-based program. Uh, and I reconstructed my character from the inside. You know, I was able to find freedom from addiction there, true freedom. Um, you know, cause I always felt like, you know, something was missing, or if I could just take this pill, I'd be happy. Or if I could take this, like, or this perfect concoction of medications, which I was taught, you know, that there is a perfect concoction of medications uh, by big pharma. I was drilled in my head that can fix any ailment, you know, and it wasn't that, you know, it was just being free. And, you know, I found freedom in Christ uh, and, you know, he saved me and I am super grateful. You know, I, it's a good reminder every single day, no matter what I'm doing, like I shouldn't be alive. I should not be alive. You know, I worked with Mexican cartels. Um, they were smuggling drugs. They come through California across uh, the top to Detroit. Uh, they target the inner cities and then the inner cities dispense to uh, the suburbs from there and the white working class. And that's kind of how the streamline goes. And, you know, I was able to encounter some of the worst people who hate us, who don't care if they sell you lace drugs. Uh, they know that it'll kill you and they, they just don't care. Um, you know, and I was able to escape that um, by the grace of God. And, uh, I'm alive today to talk about it. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that the Democrats did hit me very hard for it. Um, but you know what? They never published any of the details, you know, because I 
gave them all the details of, <laughs> you know, yeah. how they come across the southern border, where they take the drugs, uh, who they give it to, uh, how they, they get it's fake like they IDs. don't even care. Huh? Yes. It's like they nope, it's like they, they want that. I mean, people, basically, the Mexican drug cartels worse than you. <laughs> that's, yes. that's how they were treating it. You know. Exactly. They'd like to hit me for that, but they also would not go into detail because, you know, they're able to get um, jobs and citizenship. So what they do also is they take uh, addicts desperate for drugs. You know, you run out of money. The money always runs out eventually. So people will give over their birth certificate or uh, their social security oh, number geez. in exchange for a bulk of drugs, you know, and then there you go. That illegal alien who's bringing drugs in now has a verified United States identification, you know, and that was very common. But of course, nobody wanted to hear about that because, you know, that's a open borders, uh, Democrat fetish problem. And, uh, you know, I just, I, but you're the drug addict, you're the junkie, you have no right to run for Senate. Well, you know, I got sick and tired of my friends dying. Yeah. I'm very sick of it. Um, you know, I don't have many friends left uh, from that life. Uh, I was lucky to get out myself. I actually found out recently that one of them uh, was found decapitated uh, in Gosh. a cemetery. Yes, decapitated in a cemetery in Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, in the last couple of years, a bunch of them overdosed, were sold lace drugs. Um, one of them snitched and he was murdered. Uh, you know, it's just, um, I'm very grateful to be alive. And I'm, I, you know, I went all in. And that's why I, I initially decided to run like I and I was all in. I'm still all in. Yeah, you know, I'm still, still fighting in it. and you're still here and doing good. And they say too, you have to replace bad habits with good yes. habits, right? With yes. healthy habits. So that's yes. how you kind of recondition and reprogram the brain to have a good, good, healthy new addictions, right? I yes. recently saw on this TV show called Ozark. I don't know if you heard about it. It's about like this normal, uh, normal white family. They get roped into laundering money for the Mexican drug cartel and the in the Ozarks. I wonder too how many normal presenting people are actually involved with the uh, Mexican drug cartel in America. Because a lot of times you think it's oh the stereotype stereotypical crack addict looking dealer who's selling, but that's not always the case, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think cocaine is more of a white collar drug. You know, heroin uh, seems to be an opioid, seem to be a methamphetamine, seem to be more of the working class uh, blue collar uh, issue. Uh, you know, when you have infinite money, I, I wasn't in those circles. I mostly was with the blue collar folks. Um, most of the people that I did drugs with or um, was associated with were, you know, middle class people. Um, sometimes their parents were super wealthy. And of course, they were devastated to find other kids were addicted to drugs, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I'm not really familiar with those. Sort of, I'm not sure. I think that's a glamorous version because addiction, it's not glamorous like they make it seem. Yeah, um, it's not. Uh, you know, they have the Hollywood version of what it's like. Um, and then they have, you know, the reality of it. And the reality of it is, is no electric. Uh, the reality of it is no food in the fridge. Um, you know, people overdosing, dying, being left in front of hospitals because nobody wanted to get in trouble. And it's, it's not glamorous. It's not pretty. Um, it is, you know, that I, I don't think you're going to get the real version, even with Breaking yeah. Bad. You know, they kind of try to make it look fun. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, we're cooking meth out in a camp. Murdering you know. people, dealing <laughs> drugs. It's a blast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, I think that might have been the most similar. I did maybe. enjoy that show, though. I have to admit, yeah. I did find it entertaining. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was it was it was it was fairly accurate to a degree about like you know the tweakers and how they act and yeah ordinary people people that you never know but mostly you can usually tell when somebody is on cracked out on meth but yeah, you know the cocaine thing you can't really tell uh those white collar people they all do it now did um, you ever you hear about speaking of you know getting clean off this stuff uh kratom i know the fda has been warring against it uh, it's an herb that comes from asian countries that's been used for centuries now and they use it for people to get off of opioids and a big pharma has been trying to war against it the FB- fda has been trying to war against it in america um, but there's a, a documentary called a leaf of faith that, con- that gets into how this could be the answer to get people off of opioids. Now, you can't get hooked on Kratom, but it's nowhere near like it's related to the coffee plants, nowhere near like uh, opioids and, and heroin and stuff like that. Have you did you ever hear about that? Yeah, I've actually had okay. a couple friends who uh, take it now uh, and it keeps them clean. And, yeah. you know, I support anything that keeps anybody clean. Uh, you know, if if big pharma and everybody's waging war against it, hey, listen, like maybe you should have a second look, you know, with the same thing with the big tobacco and vaping, you know, I I'm, I'm watching those wars and it makes me second guess like, okay, so like the people who hate me and uh, want to profit off me are opposing this. So maybe you should have a second look, especially, especially natural stuff, you know, uh, yeah. I, I know a lot of States are, I think there are some States that are banning uh, it, but you know, it's uh, certainly something to have a second look from. I have friends that have taken it I support their right to take it. It works for them. Um, and more power to them. It keeps you off drugs and keeps you off the hard stuff. That's and right. keeps it so you can keep a job fully supported. Exactly. Now, last question before we move away from the drugs, but uh, fentanyl. I have to say, I've looked at some of this footage and it is so disturbing what it does to people. It's like they're they're zombies. I wonder what this stuff really is, why the government seems to be allowing it to flow freely. It's decimated so many people. I mean, like they're like shaking and doing these weird things. And I'm like, are they being messed with? Are they being experimented on? Like, what is this stuff? Or is it just cheap stuff that people get hooked on easy? Yeah. So it's a it's a synthetic version of heroin. So we have heroin, which is based off the opium plant. That's how it used to be. That's what you used to usually get when you buy heroin, you get fentanyl or you get um, actual heroin, morphine based uh, opioid. Now they have, you know, it was a transition. They get people hooked on pills, then they get them hooked on heroin. Now they get them, they start introducing fentanyl. It's way cheaper. It's synthetic. It's way more powerful. It's 10 times more powerful than morphine, Um, you know, and people do die instantly from it. People overdose very easily, very quickly on it. Um, It is a synthetic made in China uh, coming through the southern border now mixed with heroin. Um, You know, I don't believe heroin's really even heroin anymore. It's not morphine. It's just straight fentanyl that they mix with some Tylenol or whatever, and they can sell for cheaper. And that's the result. What you see uh, people not being able to stand up. Uh, some of those people may actually be uh, methadone recipients, though. So the they go to methadone clinics at 6 a.m., and that's kind of what that looks like. Um, you know, and it's that's just government-issued heroin as well. So you have probably a mixture of meth- uh, methadone and fentanyl, what you're looking at here. So disturbing. Well, you know, our government has also uh, protected poppy fields in foreign countries. Yes, uh, they have. They have infor- in these informants who are, you know, drug lords, right? So they can keep an eye on uh, what's going on. So where's all that money go? Where's all that product really flowing is the question, you know. 
Well, it doesn't go to us, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if we transition out of that, I want to know if your priorities have changed in the last couple of years. What are really the top, uh, I I think, I know where you're going to go here, but the top uh, social or political issues that you think we should be focusing on? Because there's so many things going on. Right. So, you know, the Roe v. Wade thing is a hot topic right now. It's looking like potentially uh, Roe v. Wade is going to be sent. The issue of abortion is going to be sent back to the states. Um, You know, I do think it's important uh, personally because I believe it's a curse. Uh, on our nation. Uh, You know, I I get the demographic issue, the demographic argument um, about it, but, you know, I believe it is a curse on our nation that must be broken. And I think it should be up to the states. You know, we have Bible uh, Bible Belt states that aren't able to ban abortion because uh, the Supreme Court made a ruling. You know, we were never asked. A lot of things are happening that we were never asked about. Um, We were never asked if we wanted to send uh, billions and billions of dollars a year to hostile foreign nations. We were never asked uh, if they wanted to uh, introduce child porn into the school system, uh, indoctrinating our children. You know, I think, like I said before, social issues matter, you know, and I think right now we have an opportunity to take some ground and territory back uh, on social issues, uh, such as marriage, uh, such as things that were perverted, um, you know, them going, they're blatantly coming for little children now. You know, they're coming for you can't even let your kids watch TV alone now because of the crap they're putting on there. They're subliminally putting it in their movies, their music, um, they're marketing it to them, marketing perversion to them. And I think that is an issue as well. So, you know, um, taking on the LGBTQ mafia. But also, you know, I think we're winning the fight in abortion. You know what? I like I like the anti-abortion activists because they act like leftists. They act like straight up Antifa. And I like that. I like the fact that they are gangsters. They don't hold back. Um, And, you know, it's it's the fight is on and it's begun. And we're watching as they're protesting and in front of churches, uh, they're raiding churches and they're really they're mad. psychotic. They're psychotic. They like they almost want to get pregnant just so they could kill it, just so they could say that they killed it to like own these conservatives who are pro-life. It's just outrageous. Yeah, look at this nutter. We played this the other day in one of our shows and she's just <laughs> freaking and of course there are uh, white baby dolls there. Why don't you have some of those black dolls that there's <laughs> right. <laughs> but she's literally spread eagle like you could see her vag her she's like <laughs> practically naked yes yeah, screaming and like i'm killing this baby i mean just like completely psychotic these yeah. women i i i think that we should just offer free sterilizations for these liberals honestly instead of like you know getting pregnant that it's too hard on your body and all that and then you have to go aboard you know take that uh, whole uh, feminist angle there uh, just free sterilization now come <laughs> come in. Yeah. mandatory birth control for you you know I actually do support that. I think that's a great idea. You know, that way they won't have the opportunity to kill, but also we don't have to deal with their offspring. It's a win-win situation for all of us. I think that's a great proposal. But of course, uh, we're too busy sending money to foreign countries in order to ever be able to fund something like that. Well, it's on the table. It's on the table. I think for me, uh, being a mom and seeing the anti-white trends, of course, the anti-white agenda is the most important thing to me. And within that, though, is all those things that you mentioned, like, you know, they're brainwashing our kids to hate themselves. You've got critical race theory, but you have immigration, forced diversity. All of that is important. But you also have the push for the trans, pedophile, gay grooming that's wrapped up, I believe, in that, because all of these things collectively destroy us, right? It's like a holistic picture, really. Uh, European nations are getting hit really the hardest with this kind of cultural Marxist, Frankfurt Schoolian uh, Bolshevism. 
Uh, and I know you're well aware of this. So what do you think that goal is uh, long term? Why are they targeting people of European descent so hard? What is it about us that they they want out of the way? Why do they want to destroy us and break us down to hate ourselves? Yeah. So I want to use an example. So look at unions. So unions used to be super powerful. Uh, they were get whatever they want, whenever they want. They like worker, like when workers were all one unified uh, race, they were unstoppable when the workers came together. But what they started doing was they started bringing in foreign workers. Um, and as a result, they become weaker. So there's something more to weakening a society or demographic group of people by introducing other cultures uh, that do not assimilate, other cultures that do not align. Uh, you know, we had talked about the playgrounds um, where, you know, people wouldn't even talk to you. You were at a place where nobody spoke English, um, nobody like it's this distrust kind of thing. So it sows discord. It causes confusion um, and it dismantles a society. You know, they're specifically coming anti-white racism. We're seeing it everywhere. It's legitimately in our school systems. They're teaching our little white children to hate themselves just because the color of their skin. Um, you know, they're flooding uh, our society, our communities with uh, refugees and uh, like uh, placement programs uh, for refugees, but also, you know, just migrants in general. They're opening the doors wide open, not only uh, at the southern border, but also in the workforce. You know, they're quick to take an H-1B visa worker over a white working class citizen because uh, they'll work for way longer for half as much. And, you know, it's one thing that they're realizing is that we have standards. We don't put up with a lot of crap. Um, and if we were unified and together, we'd be an unstoppable force. That's why they are. You're watching them target and flood uh you know, our communities, yeah. our societies and everything with that. And that's encouraged. And then we're told to hate ourselves. We're told that we're oppressors or we're slandered, um, horrible names put on domestic terrorist watch lists. Name like they named us like the white man, uh, the greatest threat uh, to the United States of America. I think Joe Biden said that, you know, about just a basic white man. Like, it's just crazy. And it's real. And they're I don't know the he's purpose behind he it. Means himself, you know, he knows he's a he's a threat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just think America is it's too big. It's too divided. I mean, I, I love to have that romantic idea that, oh, we can heal it all and it can all come back together. But I just see this going in the route of balkanization. Uh, I think, you know, our government is importing millions and millions more every, every year. We can't keep up with this. It's yeah. basically that you have to find a nice pocket where there's good people and create your tribe, create your village. You have to build your community because I feel like some things are just going to fall apart. It's going to be inevitable in my view. And I think that some things they want to fall apart. So you also have to be prepared for that. But I think that uh, I want the system to go down. I mean, it's, it is corrupt and evil and rotten to the core. And I think that it needs to be um, rebuilt. So I'm just thinking long term here. I feel like this is a long term game when it comes to this country. And I do feel like there's going to be pockets that are going to possibly break up. I'd love to see a Republic of Northern Idaho, for instance. <laughs> I don't know. What, yeah. are your, what are your thoughts on that? Is this yeah, romantic thinking? I mean, I'd thinking? move there. That's for sure. Well, you know, we saw what happens when we fight back. Um, you know, we get thrown on lists. We get our money taken from us. Uh, we get put on a no-fly list. We're not able to fly. Or we are getting everything tapped. Or uh, I know with Nick Fuentes, they just straight up went in his bank account and took half a million dollars. You know, this is what happens when you even try to stand up and stand back. And, you know, I get... I get um, you know, the whole 
you know, we might as well just build our own communities, build our parallel economy. Um, I get that. And I think that looks very appealing right now. It looks safe right now. Um, but eventually they will all come for us. You know, it's just a timing issue. You know, we might be able to buy our time, but it does not appear that they're going to stop. I don't know. Like I'm not like we're beyond a political solution. I don't want to say that. Um, we might be able to come back from this. We have to try everything, right? (laughs) I I think we have to try everything from every angle and just like see what sticks. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know the path forward. I honestly don't know it. Yeah. Can we come back from this? I thought Donald Trump was going to help. He was great in 2016. If he had stayed on the course um, and not compromised, we would be in a lot better place. He would have won again, but you know, he tried to make friends with the swamp instead of draining it like promised. And we need a Donald Trump 2.0, a way stronger, bolder leader. If we're ever going to change course, reverse course and come back from this, that's for sure. Yeah. And that's why I know you've said this too, but uh, families is the key, right? How we raise our kids today is is the key to win the long game. Healthy marriages, families, instilling real knowledge and truth is how we basically arm our kids to take back the future. You know, yes. because we don't we don't know. Like if two years, three years ago, I wouldn't have thought that we are where we are today. So we still have to keep that in mind that there's unpredictable things that happen along the way, things that we don't know that are going to happen yet. So it's hard to make you know some predictions because we're going to have some surprises along the way, which uh, could be a very good thing for us and open up things for us. So yeah, we'll see. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you had talked about focusing on family. Well, family is the smallest form of government. It really is. And, you know, and if your house is in order, you can get a lot more things in order. Right now we have a family crisis in the United States. You know, we're the global leader in single parenthood. We have a lot of issues with our smallest form of government here. Um, you know, and I think a lot more people would do well to follow your lead on that, to focus on your family first, uh, because uh, what you can't run a country or fix a country when your own smallest form of government in your own household is not in order. Now, you guys recently, you and I think it was Stu Peters, if this is true, because I saw it on Right Wing Watch and they're a bunch of lying, you know, you know what's. But uh, Candace Taylor, she's running for governor in Georgia. She released this Georgia Guidestones commercial. I just want to play it. I have to say we have been there and it's pretty impressive. <laughs> it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. I've heard all the different conspiracy theories about it, right, about depopulation. And this is the number that they want on the planets and all this. Uh, so let's play the little commercial and we'll talk about that. They told us what they wanted to do. Some might even say they had to get our permission to at least tell us ahead of time, even if we didn't believe them. Over four billion people have been injected with something that took just nine months to create. Ask yourself why. Back in biblical times, human sacrifice was a form of demonic worship. We're still doing it in present day by killing our unborn. It's the same demons, it's the same sacrifice, it's the same sin, it's just a different time. This is a long shot in and of itself, running for governor against an incumbent. Why are you If we don't call things out and we don't acknowledge them and we don't take authority and take dominion over what God's given us, then we are no better than the evil ones that put it up. 
we've watched as people have destroyed our history and monuments. And in their place, they have erected statues to their own gods. The new world order is here, and they told us it was coming. It's a battle far greater than what we see in the natural. It is a war between good and evil. I do like that that's where we're at now where people are running on politics and their platform is like, I'm against the new world order. <laughs> like That is what we freaking need. You know what I mean? It's funny. But I would say don't knock it down. I would say leave it to remember, you know, whoever these people are. They, I think I believe some of these elites or whoever's behind this kind of has a mishmash of ideologies, right? Judaic, Freemasonry, a metaphysical. They'll throw occult stuff in there. They'll throw satanic stuff in there. They're just kind of like all over the place. But what do you think about these Georgia Guidestones? Have you seen them? Oh, yeah. I went okay. with Candace. Uh, oh, so yeah, we went we packed up and went up to Georgia. And uh, so she had signed nine executive orders Uh written what she would plan. I was like, you know what, if I'm going to help you with this campaign, I need to know what you're going to do day one. Uh, Yunkin uh, in Virginia actually won completely on school issues. Uh, so, you know, we had her write out nine executive orders. We needed a 10th. And, you know, she, you know, banning anti-white racism in schools, uh, critical race theory, uh, SEL, which I actually just recently found out about. I wasn't sure what it was. I didn't know what it was, but it's a far greater issue. We'll get into that later or another time that might be a full other segment uh, that we need to talk about, but also, uh, you know, um, banning furries in school, teachers dressing up like animals, you know, all this stuff that we, and we needed a tent and, you know, she's the only candidate that can run on that. Uh, you know, it's a blatant, they, they love humiliation rituals, the ball, they love it. They love humiliating you. They have to let you know what they're going to do before they do it. Um, and that's what that was. You know, I don't think it should stand. I think maybe we can like, you know, take some pictures, but I think I would uh, love to attend a demolition party. Um, if Candace Taylor wins the uh, gubernatorial election in the state of Georgia, because those things need to go down. I mean, it blatantly says we need to maintain <laughs> the population and have, uh, 500 million. That's killing off billions and billions of people. Uh, you know, that is what they support. That's what that represents. Could they be 500 million like us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, no, they'll choose like the worst and they want the most compliant, like grunt people who will just do whatever they say. That's what they want. So when they talk about, you know, killing off and having this uh, smaller population, it's going to be, uh, yeah, they're servants basically, people who are more prone to be slaves for them. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. But I'm glad you enjoyed the video. It was my first uh, campaign video production. You know how they did the the uh, Kim Classic, you know, that kind of brand that went around in 2020. I was like, you know, what? I want to do something different. And, uh, you know, I've just recently gotten into production uh, with the Stu Peters show and a bunch of other shows uh, that I helped produce. And it turns out I've got a knack for it. So I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's yeah. at least a good video, uh, <laughs> I think. And it, it did pretty well. So. Let's go. We have to kind of break the standard formula on these cringy campaign videos. You know, hi, I'm so-and-so running for, you know, I know it's very, very annoying. Well, we've been talking about, you know, Satanists a little bit here. We've been uh, Christianity a little bit. Um, I wanted to kind of get into with you the the Christian versus the the pagan question. Now, pagans, I always have to clarify, are not Satanists. Our ancestors, you probably know this, were something else for all that time before they became Christianized. Uh, so Satanism isn't even in the same paradigm. These are like country people who had their 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 folk beliefs, right, and their traditions 
Christians. I was a Christian for many years until the pre-Christian folkways. They just really spoke to me. That was around the time when I uh, met my husband and I got back in touch with like the uh, a lot of the Norse ways. And then I'm Slavic. And then I learned, oh, my gosh, there's all these uh, Slavic traditions that I didn't know about. Actually, for 200 years, a lot of these old folk faiths ran side by side with the Russian Orthodox faith. So they had what was called the dual faith for 200 years. So a lot of these kind of older pagan concepts have merged into Christianity. Uh, a lot of people don't don't even realize that, but they're, they're there. Just like a lot of uh, European myths, you know, are, are quite similar. And you find parallels of that in Christianity. So I don't like when people say Judaic Christian values. <laughs> I like to say Odin Christian values because I feel that we have ancestors that are more of our recent ancestors were a bit of both, right? Um, so what are your views? Because uh, I personally don't like all this Christian pagan infighting. We have friends and guests that are both. I have some really good friends who are, are very... Christian. I understand all of it. Again, I grew up <laughs> all around that. Also Russian Orthodox background, right? Uh, so there's so much in common that we do share in, in terms of uh, values and morality. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. So I have a lot of pagan friends, uh, you know, and I tell them the same thing. You know, the same people that hate us uh, we're talking about Zionists here. You know, they are and they vehemently are anti-Christ. And the fact of the matter is, why would you go to war? We're at war with them. And why would you go to war without your greatest weapon, which is Jesus Christ? So that is the argument I have uh, for my pagan friends. Uh, Christ is calling. He wants you uh, to partner with him in this fight against those who hate us and want us dead. And you know, it really perturbs them. There's something where they hate Jesus Christ. Um, and I'm glad he's on my team. He saved me. So you know, I'd like to partner up on the issue. I want the, everybody to be saved, of course. Um, but, you know, I, I do see that we do align in values. Uh, I have had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ myself, so I know he's real. Um, I know that he wants to partner with me in this fight against those who hate me and want me dead, as opposed to, you know, going off to war without my secret weapon, which is my salvation. So, because I feel too, a lot of times uh, I'll hear people say, well, they hate us because we're Christian. And I, I say, no, I mean, they hate us too. We're, uh, I mean, Henrik and I are not Christian. I'm no longer Christian, but they, they hate us. They come for us a full force, you know, all, all the other pagan folk I know. Uh, and so I'm always trying to clarify, like, I don't think they really care so much about that, but more of our, our, our values and our morals and the fact that we're against them. In fact, I feel like they're almost against, uh, nowadays, against paganism more so in a lot of the Norse ways. We see it attacked as being white supremacist to get in touch with, the, like, you know, Thor and Freya and, like, the old Viking ways and stuff. And I think partially that's because of the uh, liberalization of the Christian church. Like, they're using that now. I mean, it's a vehicle, right, for the whole Israel first movement and, uh, uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Like, we're all God's people, so open the borders. It's almost getting borderline into like <laughs> New World Order type of uh, thinking. No, I think it's crap. And, you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned uh, that Judeo Christian values. I mean, it's literally things that are opposite of each other. You know, we have the people who hated Christ, who spent thousands of years trying to dismantle the teachings of Christ. Um, and then we have, you know, Christians, you know, we believe that Christ died on a cross for us. It's, it's offensive actually personally to me to call them Judeo-Christian values because the religions are nothing alike. Um, you know, so I, 
I don't know. You know, I know that pagans also share, like you in particular, share uh, Christian values. You know, we say share the same values where we uh, support traditional marriage. Uh, we support not grooming children. Uh, we support life. Uh, we support homeschooling, building, uh, you know, strong communities, having children, getting married, um, those kind of things. We And they've used Christian compassion. You know, we've watched as, you know, I call it the Zionist church. It's what it is. It's what it's become. You know, they've came into evangelical churches. Uh, they've propped up uh, some of these faith leaders, quote unquote, um, who spend their time more time, like they spend more time worshiping Israel uh, than they do Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And, you know, the church has become compromised. It absolutely has. You know, it's become, uh, you know, I know Catholic charities in particular. I don't even think they're really Catholic. Like they're not really Catholics running it, but, you know, are the biggest uh, facilitators of mass migration into our country. Uh, you know, they try to teach us, you know, I think they, uh, a watered down version of the gospel. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I believe in a savage Jesus. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not much of a turn the other cheek kind of girl. I'm more so a, a, a fighter per se. And, you know, Jesus did flip the tables of the money changers in the churches. He didn't, he drove them out with a whip. And I take that same stance that Christ did, uh, against people, uh, the cabal per se, uh, is what we can, I guess, call them. Uh, but, you know, and that is the stance I take, but I watch as they have used Christian compassion, the, oh, you're a Christian. So you have to take in these people. You have to feed them, clothe them. Oh, you're a Christian. So you can't stand up against the fact that I want to, uh, sexually molest your ch child, uh, through drag queen story hour, expose them to complete degeneracy. You have to deal with this because you are a Christian people who have never even picked up a Bible in their life. And it works on them. You know, I've watched as it's worked on the church. I'm frustrated with the church. You know, I've bound around from different denomination to different denomination to try and find the church that fits for me. Um, because even, you know, I found orthodoxy, you know, even they won't even take a stance on this vaccine. You know, they refuse to, um, you know, take a stand against it, knowing what it is, knowing that it's made uh, with fetal baby parts. And, you know, so I'm like bouncing around from church to church, trying to find a home and I can't find a denomination that suits me. Um, you know, I just try to do the best I can because the church is so compromised uh, because the Christian church is so uh, it's fake. It's become fake. Um, but you know what? My encounter, my relationship with Christ is real. I'd like to be able to find another community who thinks like me uh, to, you know, kind of commune with and have uh, services with. But, you know, I'm still looking too. you know, and I, I can't defend the Christian church because I've watched them as they've made compromise after compromise as well. Yeah, it's funny because most of the Christians I know, they've been like kicked out of their churches because they said one wrong thing. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, I think organized religion at this point is just is just not the answer. Uh, I think, you know, it, it, church is within and spirituality is within. I don't think you have to go to a building for that, you know. And that's one thing I liked about the old folk traditions, you know. One of the things that was tied into that first is the, you know, it was a folk first. It wasn't the religion first or this building first, right? It was uh, your people, your land. And your your family and they had a whole set of values and the nine noble virtues and like there, there's so many different parallels uh so i just i i get tired of sometimes when i see the infighting or people comparing it i, I know you don't but like oh it's satanic right paganism is satanic like talking about your ancestors here we're also talking about uh greeks right i mean builders of civilization i mean you had uh, egyptians right so it's like there's a lot of people before the Abrahamic religions that uh, played important roles in building civilization and 
they weren't all right. de- degenerate what do you, monsters. What do you guys think happens after you die? Like, I'm curious, though. Like, what happens? Well, I think that we go somewhere. I mean, if if you agree with the ideas of, I mean, heaven and Valhalla, there's kind of parallels even with Odin, you know, hanging on the tree and and the, the, the death and the resurrection story. There's a lot of these parallels, actually, when I was looking into Norse mythology with some of the Jesus things, even Balder, where he's, a, you know, a spear on his side and he gets killed and it says that he comes back during Ragnarok, right? Like the end of the world fighting and, and uh, he takes vengeance upon those who killed him so for me i learned like oh man there's similar themes that that are there whether it's jesus and some people have pulled out parallels with with egypt right and jesus as the sun and the rising sun and all that so i feel like there's important stories and morals and important lessons within there so i don't get hung up too much on on you know which angle that you're coming at it from you know right but when you die i think that you have to you, you want to leave your legacy. That's what I, I think. When I, I want to die well. <laughs> you know, yeah. I want people to remember me. And I think that uh, the gods, I think they do reward those who, who live life to the fullest and are, are honest and truthful. And I, I do think there's something to that, that the, the gates of Valhalla open up for those people, right? Or the gates of heaven open up for those people. Is there a hell? Some days I hope so. <laughs> I hope. I mean, where's the justice? I want some yeah. justice to be had on this planet, too. So, yeah. And, you know, I've, I've accepted the fact uh, that a lot of these people uh, won't be held accountable in the natural, you know, but everybody stands before the Lord. You're not going to get a second chance, Lana. It's going to be you die and then you are instantly conscious and you will like be judged. You know, we're all going to be judged eventually for what happened. Um, you know, and as somebody who used to be a Christian, I think, you know, how, know how this goes, um, you know, and you know what we believe personally. And I mean, is that, is eternity something you want to really risk with? Is that something you want to juggle with? Is that something you want to risk your children's uh, eternity with? Um, you know, so I, you know, I'm, I'm going to encourage you, you know, I get it. Cause I'm sick of the Christian church too. I mean, I'm appalled by these people and their behavior and it makes me sick and it, it, it's driven tons of Christians away um, from the religion. However, you know, man-made perversions of religion are not what Christ is. So now another one, a, a little juicy bit. I see this flying around now. Uh, America first. Now this is a <laughs> this is an older term, right? It's nothing new, but I see you know there are people today like Nick Fuentes that is pushing it, and uh, there's been some uh, accusations <laughs> that have come out against him. People saying that he's kind of that he's revealed himself to be this uh, psychopathic insul who grossly mistreats and uses people. That he's been uh, vindictive of those who are critical. That he's he's flagging channels. He's turning people into feds. That he's just in it for the money and the ego, uh, that he surrounds himself by uh, catboy homosexuals, but he rails against LGBT. Now, I know Groypers have, have really helped you during your campaign, and they've been awesome during all the Charlie Kirk stuff. And, and Charlie Kirk's coming around now. He should be apologizing, you know. So did you want to comment on, on any of this? Because I see that there's a, a lot of drama flying around <laughs> about that. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't really know much about it. I got enough drama going on, so I don't really know. Uh, what's going on with them. Uh, I think that Nick Fuentes uh, took some big hits. Uh, Most of us have bled for this movement, including him. Uh, You know, so however he wants to run his movement, that's up to him. You know, I... If he chooses to purge people from his movement, that's his call. You know, he's he's built that movement. uh, And 
you know, I, I really don't, I don't know what's going on. I really don't. I honestly don't know. I have enough. I'm, I'm so busy. Lana, I try, I, really I try and stay out of the dramas too. <laughs> I <know>. don't know. <laughs> I try and stay out of the drama. After, after Richard Spencer and we all saw that coming, it's just like, I can, I can pretty much spot those, those uh, types now. I'm just like, all right, stay clear of this one. That's not going to end well. <laughs> listen, so, listen, they're <laughs> chemically castrating kids in school. I, know. I don't care. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just, I know. I, but I do think it's good though that the charlie kirks as annoying as he is that they are coming around now and talking about yep. things like demographic isn't that funny though that just a few years ago they were like oh my god you can't talk about that and now they're using it i mean what do you think's happened there what does do he actually he means it? Got it do you think he means it yeah does he mean it or does he feel he's got to like put a little edge on there to get some no. of that crowd no he's watching as tpusa and the young conservative republican movement is like crashing and burning so he's trying to uh virtue signal or kind of signal in a way uh the america first movement because he sees that's the future those young zoomers that's the future of our party it is take it or leave it whether you like it or not uh that is it and so he what he's doing is he is reversing course on everything that he stood for before you know he kick you out for even mentioning oh anti-white racism is bad but now he's like blatantly saying it after he's destroyed people's lives and careers for saying the same thing i don't think he means it i think he's just trying to keep up with the trend to stay relevant um i think that he's a fraud i think that he is a bought out corporate quote-unquote republican he's still promoting the uh the rob smiths of the world uh i'm not impressed with what i'm seeing with charlie i want to see if he means it, he'll apologize. Yeah, he He'd should apologize. be like, hey, by the way, I was totally dumb. I'm sorry how yes. I treated you guys. He would be humble. Anything. He would be humble about it, right? And, and come yeah. to those people and apologize and say, I have had an awakening, right? That's what a genuine person would do. But he hasn't done that. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Nope. It's the numbers. He know the arguments shifting further to the right. He's got to try and stay relevant. Look at that <laughs> beautiful <Yeah>. picture. <laughs> it was really it's funny. So I saw an interview fun. with him of, I don't know. I guess it was like a couple years ago where he was like super like he was on like some kind of speed because his like teeth are like he like that. Yeah, he was like, I don't know. He looked like he was tweaking out, uh, you know, so he uh, he's quite a character, isn't he? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought it was really mysterious that he all of a sudden like up and got married too. I think there was like rumors about him like, you know, maybe being a little fruity, if you know what I mean. And all of a sudden he's married. Like every time you start seeing rumors of people being gay, like all of a sudden they get married and it's like, oh, where'd you find like this wife, uh, you know, their cover. Well, he did think that anal sex could help win the culture war, didn't he? So, uh, you know, (laughs) thank you, Dave Riley. Something to that. Yeah, I know. I think if he just came out and said, I'm gay, maybe he'd be even more popular amongst some of his crowd. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They just throw even more money at him. But no, I don't think he means a word he says, honestly, unless unless he's had some kind of epiphany because he did get married and then he's going to plan on having white babies and he's like oh gosh like look at what i have allowed to happen yeah um you know either he's had a change of heart which i don't think i think that's giving him too much credit <laughs> but also oh he's so ugly um so <laughs> so i think i may be giving him too much credit unless he's had that kind of epiphany like oh my white children are gonna like grow up in this country that hates them but I doubt it. I don't think he's sorry. Yeah. I don't think he means it. Yeah. I think he's just trying to keep up with Did the Did he trend. marry a white gal? 
Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, wow. he's married a blonde, white, pretty girl. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So yeah. tell us what you're doing with the Stu Peter show and what you have going on. I know you used to be a true news, but uh, tell us all the the news and the latest that you're yeah, up to. Yeah. So uh, true news moved me halfway across the country uh, to fire me to decide that Rick Wiles didn't want to do a political Aww. show. It was just they found a reason to fire me. It kind of sucked, um, but it did land me in Florida. It brought me to Florida. Um, so Edward Zoll and I uh, started our own company. Uh, he, so what we do is production. I'm the executive producer of the Stu Peters show. Uh, so, you know, Stu, he is, he's, he used to be a bounty hunter, so he's fearless. He's pretty fearless and he's already been banned from everything. And he's still hitting Sean Hannity numbers. I did, had to crunch the numbers last month, uh, for a sponsorship that we were doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I had to get all the numbers and I was like, wow, this is crazy. I mean, we're getting 20 million views a month. The only thing we're talking about is issues that matter, issues that interest me. Um, you know, I was like, okay, well, what would I like to hear about? Well, I'd like to hear about how the vaccine's injuring people. I'd like to find out what it's done to this person. Um, you know, what they're doing in the hospitals when all that horrible CDC protocol was going on. That's where we really took off. And we've just been blessed ever since I, I was never a producer before. I was never a media before, but I'm just picking up as I go. Yeah. I'm a quick learner and I'm totally winging it and it seemed to work out. So I saw when Stu Peters came on the scene uh, right away, there was a Daily Beast piece too. And it's like saying he's a woman beater. and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he has, has some personal stuff going on, but I just handle the business end. Yeah. And then also what was that show uh, right, you were trying to raise funds for? What's the, another project that you're working on there? Uh, so Crosstalk News. So uh, we now uh, actually aired on the Stu Peters Network now. Okay. Um, so we we did start off with a gifts and go. We started with like $5 and no desks. And we just raised money. We hire young people. Uh, we get them trained up in a trade. Like we teach them either whether it's copywriting or how to do a video editing or how to do production stuff. You know, I'd rather take somebody with five years of experience from firsthand experts than I would a college graduate who has no idea what they're doing, you know, and I, 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 we have people that think like us that know how to produce like us. And we're able to give people a living wage. And we've been really blessed in that. And it's really grown. We've picked up new shows that we produce. Um, and we, uh, you know, like I said, we're just winging it. We're really just winging it. And it's just really worked out. And we've been That's very good. Blessed. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a need for good media. It's funny yeah. how like a lot of the YouTube channels that have been banned, the good ones, they have so many more views than like the ADLs, the SPLCs, these other far left uh, channels. And that's why they do it. They're just they're basically butthurt because they're not getting the views. It's like, well, figure it out. Pe people yeah. don't want to hear what they can hear everywhere else ad nauseum, you know, even phone exactly. News. So I have one last question for you, though, because sure. I, I know guys are asking, are you single? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not married. OK. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Look out. They're going to be calling. Anyway, any any final thoughts you want to share before we let you go? Um, so let me think. I want to encourage people to keep fighting. Uh, I want I, I don't think we're beyond solutions yet. Um, you know, things are about to get super hairy with, uh, you know, this 2020 midterms coming up, they're probably going to lock us down again. You know, we can refuse, we can be a part of the problem or we can refuse to participate. I want to encourage you to, um, refuse to participate and become a solution and get out there and start fighting, get involved in local politics, uh, get married, have family, build up your small government and your home and then expand outwards. So Lana, thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah. It's been a blast getting to know you and, uh, yeah, you're 
great person. <laughs> it's good to connect with you finally. Yeah. And later, I swear so. next time I'm going to come out there and see you and I'm actually going to see you. Like I'm going to come to wherever you are. I didn't realize you were so far away. So I'll make a point <laughs> of it next time I come out there to make time to come see you and everything you guys have are doing out there. So sounds good. Well, thank you. It's been a blast. Yeah, of course. Where do we go after we die? Well, I can't say for certain, nor do I really worry about it. I live an honest life, and I think that that's the most important thing, as well as leaving your mark. There has to be something, though, like so many of the myths say, whether that's Valhalla or something else. But do we stay there forever? I don't know. That seems like a simple view, and I think it's far more complex than that. Anyway, thank you all for listening. If you're having trouble finding all our content, simply go to redice.tv or redicemembers.com. It's really that easy. And a special thanks to our executive producers. We really appreciate you. Love you guys and gals. We'll see you on the next one. Yeah.